Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It's Doesn't Matter and... I love the dream. And this is episode 20 of our podcast, Confessions of a Stan Mixer Edition. Today is a episode uh, that you guys asked for once upon a time, a very long time ago. (laughs) And uh, it is us going over like um, our opinion or thoughts on what is the best and worst of each era. We're going to start with the DNA era and work our way down. Maybe we should have included the X Factor era, but I didn't, so we're starting at oh, DNA. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, so we're not doing it. <laughs> um, and I mean, really, like, quick overbrief, right? Like, what was the best thing about X Factor? They got formed. Everything else is kind of like a, you know? Yeah. Um. So we'll just move right on to DNA. My pros for the DNA era is that I'm including the X Factor tour in the DNA tour as, like, we got two tours in this era because... The X-Factor tour, I know it would make sense to put it in the X-Factor era, but A, we didn't do an X-Factor era, and B, it's like after they won the show, so it's like post-X-Factor. So anyway, I put down that we got two tours, and um, the live vocals galore uh, lip-syncing was, um, I mean, mean, they still lipped a few things here and there, but like compared to what happens in the future eras, live vocals galore. And, like, live choruses and, like, I just live vocals galore all the way around. We got Missy Elliott as a feature, which uh, was, um, like, Jessie's dream feature. And then once they got her, it led them all to Nicki Minaj. And that one took longer. (laughs) And uh, then the other pro that I have is the U.S., like, impact that it made. Like, the push as well as, like... The results of the push, right? So, like, uh, what was it? Like, getting number four debut on Billboard, like, beating a Spice Girl record. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm moving the mic around, guys. <laughs> and uh, and then, like, they came over here to promo and stuff, and they, you know, performed Wings everywhere and, and DNA. And um, I just feel like there was a big, like, they started off strong with a big push towards the U.S., I feel like. And so I think that was, like, really nice. And those are kind of my pros. All of what you said, uh, this one is kind of similar to what you said, but they had a very successful, like, start for being their first album in era on their own away from X Factor. They definitely... Oh, yeah, number one single. How didn't I write that? (laughs) Their first number one single that, like, was, you know, them and not, like... (laughs) cannibal <laughs> yeah because lots of x-factor artists always tend to fall off like the face of the earth and you never hear from them again or like it takes a while to find them again but they stayed strong um right off the bat mm-hmm. so i feel like that was a really big deal and a really good thing another thing is that i feel like they knew they had a pretty good idea of what their audience was pretty early on and so the songs that they had definitely reached that like demographic that they were 
like A aiming for and B already had. Um, so I think that definitely helped their success too. And this is like, their songs were just like really well written right off the bat. I feel like the DNA album actually has like just some really nice songs. Um, that for it being their first album was pretty surprising to me because I wasn't expecting that. They, this is a new bullet point, by the way, <laughs> they traveled a lot for once again, it being their first era. Um, the common theme here is their first era, guys. <laughs> but they traveled a lot. Like they were in the US, they just did a bunch of promo and but yeah that that u.s push that u.s push was hardcore yeah and they made like their footprint everywhere so that definitely opened doors for them later on um and this is like a really small thing but it's something that i really liked but the live band in the concert for the dna tour 10 out of 10 love that live band (laughs) except here's my complaint all of the audio was shit Yes, that's the only thing. But it's if you if I would have been there, oh, it would have been so good. Because <laughs> with the the combination of it being 2013, right? <laughs> you already have like shit recording devices, you know, yeah. not like what we have now. Because um, like what we carry around in our pockets with our iPhones is like a recording device is actually like insane compared to what we had in 2013, mm-hmm. um, and like we're much closer to professional gear equipment than we were like with the shit things we were using before um so a there's that and then uh and i'm not i'm not talking about like iphones in particular guys because obviously iphones like were around around this time i mean like the technology in the iphone um just to be clear (laughs) anyway so there's that aspect of it but then um like but in combination with like the audio and the microphones on these cameras, like not being as good and like distorting easier and stuff, the live band really kills the audio and like distorts it real hard. And then also on the recording, because the because it's a live band playing over a track, um, the instrumental is so loud that on the recordings it drowns out their vocals. Which, like, isn't what happens most likely live because the arena is set up to give, like, a surround sound experience. However, the phone is only recording a certain, like, direction. So if you were close to an instrument, if you were close to, like, a speaker that was pushing out instrumental, then, like, that's what you're, that's what you picked up. You know what I mean? You didn't get the clear vocals that you probably heard while you were there. And so that's why I'm always bitter about the live band because it ruined <laughs> it ruined the fact that we got live vocals. <laughs> um, however, if I had been there, the the live band would have been really cool. So like both sides. <laughs> yeah, it just makes for a good experience. But like if you're watching it from the outside, it's <laughs> As, as a U.S. fan who didn't have the opportunity to even attempt to go, even if I had been obsessed in 2013, um, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to cons. Um, well, there's a con to the live band. There you go. <laughs> I also have that, like, it was only, like, a small theater UK tour, um, which, like, isn't a surprise because obviously it was their first. But 
it was still, you know, it's still small and short and all of that. And then I have that the album was like a bit of a mixed bag. I feel like it wasn't really a cohesive album because they didn't know what their sound was and they were trying to like combine all of their tastes into one album and stuff. So it's a bit like of a mixed bag, I think. And then my other con was... Um, they were still new to everything and so like the music videos and like the stage performances can feel a little bit awkward sometimes because they don't look quite as comfortable as you know they do now um or even how they did going into like later eras uh that that's not like only the dna era like that they're still a little awkward like in the salute era too yeah i um also have the whole tour about it being smaller being a con which is sad because I feel like if they would have done a bigger tour they would have been fine still so like that's kind of like a we won't like ever know because it didn't happen type of thing um I also have that they were new to the music scene so they didn't really know what they were doing a lot of the time it was a little bit awkward they weren't as professional which I don't say is a bad thing but they it just adds into like that they didn't really know what they were doing and it was more obvious back then um and they were still a little bit attached to x factor i feel like they were very branded still people still knew them as like the winning x factor band which like it's not a bad thing i'm not gonna say it's a bad thing but it i feel like it was a little bit hard for them to make their own name because people knew them as like oh that group that was on x factor and so that just made it them get um bashed a little bit harder by headlines so that's my little take on that and also they just had a little bit of a younger vibe because that was the audience they were geared for um and they already had a i can't say this for certain because i wasn't a fan then but i feel like their audience in 2013 was a lot younger yeah, so, like, here's what I think happened as someone, okay. like, looking back on it with hindsight. X-Factor set them up to be a kid's group. Yeah. Like, X-Factor branded them as a group, and they branded them for really young girls, like, preteen girls. That was the demographic. And the way they're dressed, the way they were portrayed on the show, the edit they got, the way Talisa talked about them, calling them little muffins, the styles that were given to them, the personalities that were kind of pushed on to them uh, was all catered to gaining them a audience of kids and to making them appear like a like marketable to, to children and to young girls. And obviously that was very successful and part of the reason they did that was to get the girls the votes they needed every week to win because that's who was voting for them. And obviously like also, you know, just common sense that um, that market is a really good market to put your foot into um, when you're like a new artist because those, I mean, we're all proof of this, right? Like preteen, teen, early 20s were the group that get obsessed, that buy, that invest, that go online, create hype, vote, buy things, um, like stream, right? Like we're the demographic that will get you success early on and like really go hardcore, you know? So this is partly why like, you know, some 
maybe more like quote unquote credible, more mature artists still do well in the charts, but they're not as famous. They don't have as many hits. Um, They don't have like they didn't make as much of a lasting impression on pop culture, like whatever it is, because they don't have that like that. Their fan base is not young girls. Obviously, guys also take part in stand culture and stuff like that, but typically uh, it's usually dominated by girls. So that's why I keep saying that as like a marketing demographic. And so I think that like it was used intelligently in order to keep them on the show and to give them the opportunity to win and be successful. However, uh, once they managed to do that and then they were like, we're actually going to be successful, that image and that marketability really fucked them to this day (laughs) yeah like at the time because I was like a small fan of them back in 2013 early 20 I'm gonna say like late 2012 early 2013 like around when Wings came out because I knew um Wings and like Change Your Life at the time and I was loving it but that was because like I was at the age they were targeting um but yeah, like kind of what you said, it I don't want to say it ruined them, but it definitely held them back a lot because it's now- such a coin flip because it probably like is the reason they even had a shot to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like it not even just like on the show, right? But like that demographic is what gave them a number one single. That demographic is what got them across to the US. The demographic is like how they found themselves off the x-factor with a solid landing pad unlike a lot of the other x-factor winners who come off with a different marketing demo right like a different audio audience demo so like that audience really gave them their standing ground to grow but at the same time it also branded them as a kids group for okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, because now... I'm not going to say that primarily the hate they get, but a large amount of the hate they get is from parents who still think that they are that kids group when they're not anymore. And yeah, so like the hate they get like up. as a group, not individually, but like as a group is really geared towards like the general public, the older general public thinking that like they are for children. Yeah, so that just kind of set them up for that without really realizing it. They had a Disney star issue, except it wasn't Disney. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. That one's a weird, bittersweet pro-con because like without that, if they had chosen a different demographic, I don't think they would have won and I don't think they would have had success afterwards, mm-hmm. but it screwed them later. Yeah. 
So that's a, that's a heavy pro con one. Sorry, I think I interrupted you though. Do you have more? No, that was the end. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to the salute era. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> uh, my pros are we got the Neon Lights tour, so that was exciting. We got a U.S. opening tour, which again we're pushing the U.S. again. That was really exciting. We got dark R and B mix. We got more harmonies. We had a cohesive sound to the album. Um, I think it was more empowering. I mean, obviously, like, we're big fans of Salute. Um, And we also got out of the UK for tour. We went to uh, Japan. um, And then we upgraded from theaters to arenas, which is a big deal. We got more choreography. So those were, like, I mean, there are a ton of, I think, pros to the Salute era. But those are the ones that I have listed here. Yeah, I pretty much have everything that you said, so I'll just, like, recap a little bit so I'm not getting too repetitive. Um, The Neon Lights tour definitely gave them a lot of exposure, so that was exciting. Um, And even though, like, they had to cancel the U.S. tour, I feel like it still helped them out, so that's good. The tour just was overall a lot better. They knew more of what they were doing. They had better like props better backgrounds it was an arena um the whole album and even like just the entire era was a lot more mature um and I feel like I don't yeah I don't have this listed in here but I feel like they started to find like their styles a little bit more in this era they started to know they also like, stopped what they liked trying and what they to didn't. be the Spice Girls by like having like symbols and identities yeah they started to like be more themselves instead of what like the label was pushing on them, on them, what the public was pushing on them, what they were pushing on themselves. They started to like come into their own a little bit more. So that was fun to see. Yeah, I think the label um, and even X Factor was really trying really, really hard to push them as the new Spice Girls. And they obviously, you know, even still get that comparison. Um but what I mean is, like, they had the the symbols that were in wings that lasted the entire DNA era. Like, those symbols were on the stages for, like, the DNA tour. Their styles were literally, like, the identity that the label wanted to push on them was literally how they were styled fashion-wise, like, to an over-the-top extent. Like, it was literally used to, like, try to like you would you should be able to look at them and know which girl is which um and not just like their personal style and so I feel like in the salute era they really like stopped pushing that so hard and they just kind of trusted that the girls personalities could stand on their own (laughs) um and that like you didn't they didn't all have to have this like this like really niche identity in the group that was like completely different to each other yeah definitely which, like, thank God. Uh, do you have anything else? No, that was it. Cons. Well, they canceled the U.S. tour. <laughs> that was unfortunate. We got Japan dates and we got an arena tour, but we didn't get Europe or, like, Australia or anything. So not, like, as much of an expansion as it could have been, especially with the U.S. tour being canceled. Okay, so another one I have is uh, that, like, the whole era is lipped. <laughs> <laughs> like it's annoying how much of it is lip synced um so yeah that's a bit annoying so I pretty much had the same stuff um the only thing that I had differently was I put a lot of their performances were very repetitive 
like each performance had a similar set list it was always like salute it was always move like goes on and on um so I feel isn't like- that true of every era yeah um I also think it might just be because they didn't have as many songs released then um so like it was already like defaulted to that so that might be why I feel like they did it a lot more oh 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 you mean like you mean like as far as their songs and not like the set list itself because I was gonna say like they perform the same set list every time that's why last time we talked like I knew what the Brazil set set list was based off of the LM5 tour (laughs) set list it's the same thing (laughs) I feel Um, but you you mean like of their original songs because they didn't have a lot that meant that like they also were performing like dark dark horse and like talk dirty to me every time yeah, and, like, because um, I started to do a little bit more in, like, Glory Days and LM5, where they would perform songs, like, on the album that they hadn't performed yet. And I feel like with Salute, there were a lot of songs that they only performed on the tour that I wish would have been performed, like, at a venue or at, like, the Jingle Bell Ball or Summertime Ball. I don't remember which one they, if they attended that year. I don't remember all the years. Um, oh yeah, and the salute and get weird era, they were definitely trying to still like gain credibility by doing cover songs. Yeah, on so tour. I feel like it was just very repetitive to me. All right, I understand now. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that was a. <laughs> 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 I was just confused because I was like, they perform the same thing all the time, and I was like, but you meant like like of like their actual songs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so that is our salute era, and moving on to get weird, uh, for pros, I have, we had an expanded world tour, meaning we got Europe and Australia and, um, and I, where is it they went? They went to the Philippines, right? Um, because they didn't go to Japan this time. It was the Philippines. Yes. So that was exciting. We went to a bunch of new places. We had better costumes and better tour production. And so tour, tour, big pro. Uh, we got our second number one single. Unfortunately, it was Black Magic. And <laughs> uh, we got our first Brit performance. That was exciting. We got so many acoustics and acapellas. We got tons of promo. There was still a U.S. push. So they were in the U.S. doing stuff. So that was all fun and dandy. Those are kind of my my pros for the Get Weird era. Yeah, I feel like the Get Weird era was just, it was a really successful era. for. I said era really weird there. Era for them. Um, mainly because like they were already like doing pretty well in like the UK, but I feel like in the U in the US they definitely um, had a little bit of a bigger push, even like more than they already did. Um, and in other countries, it was a very long era, which I put as a good thing because because of it being a long era, we got a lot of content. <laughs> the this is really just a YouTube thing, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like a lot of stuff to use and like a lot of stuff to see and like we just got a lot of really good content because I mean this is kind of with glory dates too but they went to a lot of bigger interview places like they definitely started getting they had like more, more credibility a bit 
not, yeah. not credibility not credibility as, as like artists in and of their own right but credibility as like staples in the music industry that like actually have a place in the sense of like they're not just x-factor winners yeah um like Sorry, by I'm now to speak for you no you're good uh by now I feel like they definitely like were holding their own I mean they were before but people finally like started seeing them that way um I feel like in the Get Weird era, they were, like, seen as Little Mix and not as, like, the group that won the X Factor. Yeah, people finally, like, forgot about it. Um, and, yeah, we were talking about the tour, but I'm going to keep talking about the U.S. because, well, not just in this one, but in all the other, well, well in the one other Lord one. Is. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm biased on that and I like when they're in the US so <laughs> I'm gonna put that as all the pros um yeah that's really it I just feel like this con or this era gave us a lot of good content because we were getting interviews from places that they had never been before and a lot of them were a lot bigger um for example like they went to Clever a few times I'm pretty sure um yeah, they, like, yeah. skipped Clover during the Salute era. They went during DNA. Yeah. They didn't go during Salute. So, it was just nice to see. Yeah, so, uh, those are our pros. Uh, cons. We had a delayed era. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it was a long wait for the album. Uh, they didn't write on the singles. The album itself, in my opinion, is a con. <laughs> uh and as as much as like there was still a US push, there was like no attempt for a tour in the US, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. And then I have Perry's voice with a frowny face because oof, she she went it got rough for her on that that like the arrow was long, but like it it took a toll on her voice. So I only really have two because um these were like the stronger ones for me. I the they almost took a step back in maturity, if that makes sense. Almost? They <laughs> tried to be nice. They had a very younger sound in DNA, like we mentioned, and then salute they stepped it up a lot. So like it was still geared towards a I don't want to say younger, but like a young ish audience, but it still overall felt more mature and cohesive. And then they fell back a little bit by making it a lot more pop, a lot more just for younger kids um yeah it's really interesting to kind of piggyback off that really quick Mm -hmm. um so like when I say I grew out of salute I mean that like the the perspective the girls took when writing the songs and picking the songs for the album it really hits me as being like a perspective coming from four young girls in their 20s um, so like adults, but like very much just starting out, very much like like trying to find their footing in a new industry, in a new job, surrounded by people who don't take them seriously. Like that is very much the perspective that almost all of Salute is coming from. Um, so like the sound and um, like the um, like vibe of it is so much more mature than DNA but that youthful perspective of like feeling like you have something to prove and like everyone's against you and like that type of stuff is very youthful and like that's what I mean when I say that like I've outgrown salute like that's a very when you're young perspective um, and then get weird doesn't have that right it doesn't come 
in that that album is not based in that perspective even on the songs that the girls wrote on that's not the perspective you're coming at so like um, it's not youthful in the same way that Salute is, but it's more immature than Salute is in the way that it talks about certain subjects and, um, and like, in its, like, sound, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, they tried to make it more mature by introducing topics that are more mature, but the way that they, like, went through with it took a step back. Yeah, like, the execution of trying to be more mature made them... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Less mature. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing. It's just, I just wasn't a fan of the singles. I wish they would have chosen different ones from the album. Um, so that's that's my little con list, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I didn't like the singles either. Um, <laughs> um, but they did have a bigger budget, I think, on uh, on the Get Weird music videos, which is nice. Yeah, they definitely did. And they were a lot more comfortable, too, in front of like the camera by now. Yeah, yeah. Their, their performance abilities really skyrocketed during the Get Weird era, especially on stage. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to Glory Days. <laughs> <laughs> um our special golden era there are so many of you who probably joined during lm5 or confetti or something and like really love those eras and think they're the best and those albums are the best and i'm just over here being like objectively glory days was it (laughs) 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 okay so uh glorious era the pros i have um we got the Dangerous Woman tour. So again, a U.S. push. We love to see it. And this is a huge U.S. push. That was Ariana Grande. And then we also got the Summer Shoutout Tour, the Glory Days Tour, and the Summer Hits Tour. So we were swimming in tours during the Glory Days era. It was fabulous. And they all had different choreo, different set lists, um, different outfits. Like, we were we were uh, living high. And then we also got a standard, a deluxe, and a platform. A platinum of the album so even though I didn't love the platinum version of the album I can still acknowledge that like we got a shit ton of songs and material uh and that's really exciting we had a number one single we had a number one album we had the first Brits we had another Brits performance we have so many acoustics and acapella and so many different countries I can't even count <laughs> um and uh, we also got Freak <laughs> <laughs> I had to mention that, guys. And and, uh, I think this was also the era where they started to get taken seriously as artists. So, um, you know, we talked about in the Get Weird era how, like, they lost that kind of X Factor label. Um, I think the Glory Days era was when they actually started to be seen as, like, more serious artists. I don't think that was, like... I don't think it like magically overnight they were like, oh, you know, we respect you now. But like even getting their first Brit Award, like that's not voted on by the public, the one that they won. So like even them winning that shows like more respect coming on to them in that era. I just think they were just riding high on the Glory Days era, honestly. Yeah. Um, It was just a really nice era because it was just so successful. It was 
just like a lot like a lot of stuff happened we got the documentary we like you said got the brit we got number one like just so much stuff happened that really helped their careers and i think it really just pushed them to that next level even more um i do like the singles from this one i'm happy with the ones that they chose wish Rick was in there but you know can't have everything can't have everything <laughs> i have we got freak written in big letters on the side <laughs> i wish we had gotten freak freak or down and dirty instead of touch i said it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i feel like this era, like, I know I said that they kind of came into their own during the salute era, but I feel like we almost got a new version of them during glory days because I feel like who they kind of, like, came off at, not came off as, but, like, they showed even more of, like, themselves in this era because this era is, like, when they started getting on that more mature track. I feel um, like even them as people were more mature, more adult versions of themselves. Yeah. Like, they seem like they grew up a bit. You know? Yeah, um, and just I know I said this before, but like this this era was just like a lot more professional. I feel like, which is something that I kind of like, just because it feels polished a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's just like a personal thing, but it made it to where you said they got more like credit to them as like actual artists, and people saw them as artists and not just the X Factor winners. Yeah. Cons time? Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't have a lot of cons, guys. But what I do have is that um, as amazing as the Glory Days era was, they were overworked a shit ton. Um, I'm just based on what little we know about their mental health during that time, it was not good. (laughs) So, you know, um, you know, Perry's anxiety being at its all time high, you know, Jesse had shared that like she got back from a tour or whatever and she had like she was trying to immediately repack for a new tour and she broke down like crying um I'm not recalling an anecdote from Lee and Jade but I'm sure they had them yeah they were just so overworked they toured for like a year straight and and it definitely was I'm so sorry I just remembered a pro their group on stage presence never better than it was during glory days yes like dancing the in syncness the like chemistry um never better than it was on glory days mm-hmm. um all of you get mad at me because you love the lm5 tour or you want to believe they're super great now like they are but like i'm telling you on stage glory days era was it they're so powerful yeah the glory days era was like that because of how much they performed because of how much practice and hard work went into it behind the scenes um they worked so hard to really try to break over into the u.s and to break over and like just worldwide in general they tried really hard during the glory days era okay sorry back to cons (laughs) uh Yeah, so they were just they were just super overworked, and like their voices were overworked, and you know, Jade with the throat infection, even Perry, um, you know, who learned her lesson from the Get Weird era, lip syncing a lot of her high notes. You know, they all were just a little rough. Lee was skipping high notes, Jesse skipped high notes. It was all just you know, by the time you got around to the Glory Days tour, like oof, like props to Jade and Jesse for trying to like hit the freak notes every night because that would have been so easy to lip. And, like, Jade did lip hers at the end because of her throat infection. But, like, that would have been so easy to just be, like, 
uh, you know what? These are hard. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, like I thought I wanted to do them when we were planning the tour. Uh, but now, you know, after seven months of touring and like, we're performing like, like twice a day and like, uh, this is hard to hit, you know, <laughs> um, like there are times where like Jessie would skip her secret love song and her FU and her power high note. And then she'd go for the freak one, um, like prioritizing what she wants to, you know, hit, um, same with Jade, like, and so it's just like props to them for doing freak every night. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's my, like, especially, like, especially Jade with, like, that's, that's, like, her highest belt and, like, is, like, she's not the best at belting. So, um, just props to her for going for it. Um, well, she could, because obviously with a throat infection, she couldn't. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, overworked um, completely. And they also have less writing credits on the Glory Days album, which is a little disappointing. Um obviously they still have a a decent amount but like get weird glory days era is a little meh on the songwriting i feel like salute was really the peak time for that and then also uh because they were trying to push them so hard in different demographics and in different countries and into like the more mainstream public and not just the fan base they had so many features that like aren't necessarily that great um so it it was smart. It was smart. But like as a fan who doesn't want there to be a feature all the time, a little disappointing. But at least we still got the originals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we still got No More Sad Songs Without MGK. We still got Touch Without Kidding. We still got um, Power Without Stormzy, although I think Power with Stormzy is better. <laughs> um, like we still got the originals, but like the singles that went out were still like they were really they were really pushing those features like oops and stuff i mean we don't need the original of oops but still so i have three things one you already touched on um and i was like quickly just like go off what you said they were definitely overworked and it was like getting really bad towards the end because you could just tell that they were like not there like yeah it just it was just getting really bad um and you could even see it back in the documentary when they were like still towards like the middle-ish of like the era when they were I think it was when they were recording vocals for the Brit oh, Awards. Oh, Jade, like, yeah, Jade, Jade started crying. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, and, but like, <laughs> yeah, and like one of them, I don't remember who, so I'm not gonna guess. But one of them I know on stage was like complaining about like their chest hurting to like one of the other girls. Uh, it was Glory Days. Uh, I don't know which, like, where on the tour. Um, I think it was Perry um, yeah, it during was, FU. It was Perry during FU. Yeah, so, like, you could just tell that it wasn't good for them. Um, so that was an obvious con. Um, another thing is that, like, because Shout Out to My Ex was released during that time, obviously, and that was, like, their lead single, they got a lot of Zane comparisons, a lot of Zane hate, a lot of Zane was just always there in interviews, which was really annoying um, and a little redundant because he didn't need to be mentioned. So that's just something that kind of got on my nerves a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last thing I have is that I wish the aesthetic of the Glory Days tour was more like the LM5 um, as like coloring and stuff. Like I wish they had more of like that monotone, a little bit toned down feel the more like mature colors yeah rather than like glory days which was like a lot of pink and pastels and 
yeah bright colors and stuff kind of like it was a matured theme off of get weird but it was not as mature as lm5 yeah because like i like that to a certain extent and i know that in like 2016 like that kind of was like what the aesthetic was at the time um but like looking back now i wish it was a little bit toned down um Mm -hmm. that's really all i had that one and even those aren't like too too bad so no like i said uh, glory days is the golden era yeah (laughs) everyone get mad at me in the comments go ahead (laughs) (laughs) um moving on to lm5 all right the pros we got our second brit um, they finally got to collab with Nicki Minaj. Um, we got all of the girls kind of speaking out more. So like Lee on racism, Jesse's documentary, Perry on her anxiety. We got another Brit performance. We designed as songwriters. That's what I have for pros. This is like what I said in the cons, but like I like the aesthetic of this era. I like how it was very simple. It was like coloring wise. Um, mm-hmm. It was very simple. It was just very like toned down compared to everything else that they had done in the past which is nice um, because that's more of what I like um it was a different style for them so that was kind of fun because it was they had done two pop albums so it was a little bit different so that was a little bit fun to see um yeah we got some this era had some pretty good interviews um and we also got more individual projects because before this, they hadn't, like, branched off on their own. And this one, they started doing their own thing, which was kind of fun to see. So we could see more of, like, what they liked and what they were interested in rather than just, like, talking about it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I have. Cons. No worldwide tour. Canceled Australia tour. Tour rescheduled. Only two singles. Delayed Think About Us music video. Um, minimal LM5 songs on tour and almost zero acoustics and to be clear there was one intimate set of acoustics that we have really uh, kind of crap recordings of which is not me dissing the people who recorded it like thank you to you for recording it however like they're they're just not official and like the crowd was really loud and that's great for the girls but like as a content maker not quite so great (laughs) in general the lm5 era i feel like lost a lot of steam really quickly and to me the girls seemed like tired kind of early on Mm -hmm. um probably because the label drama behind the scenes uh just based off like things jade has said but it made it like not quite as much of a fun era because the girls didn't really seem as into it yeah um sorry that's a con guys (laughs) (laughs) They, oh no, they, I'm in cons. I'm in the right area. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, I do have a pro that I didn't mention that I just thought of. We did get like the series like Eden and like dog training. We did get um those like internet series stuff. So that was fun to see. That was a little bit different. Um okay, back to cons. Yeah, it's pretty much what you said they had very limited promo compared to normal, so we didn't get as much as normal. Um they primarily stayed in the UK or near the uk like in neighboring countries Um, yeah they got europe but like and like a tiny bit of like new zealand or something like i mean they they went there like one time but then they didn't actually go there (laughs) Mm. um yeah i wish the tour just had like a bigger budget went to more places um the tour i feel like the tour could have been really really cool and really big and because of whatever reason it wasn't so I feel like they took a step back in touring for that 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but we think the Glory Days tour was better than the LM5 tour. Mm -hmm. So it's like a little disappointing in that sense that the tour didn't get bigger and better. Yeah, I mean, on like the pro side, they had a consistent like message, I guess, but it just wasn't, it kind of took, it distracted it from the fact that it was a smaller tour. Yeah. And that's it. That's oh, all also cons with the LM5 era, uh, on stage stuff, kind of a disaster. Mm. Um, as far as like group, group on stage stuff, kind of a disaster. Out yeah. of sync dancing, um, just like not as much interaction between the girls, like more choreographed, more staged. So like not as genuine and fun to watch as some of the other tours. Um, more props. Yeah, more, yeah, like, it just, it, 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 like, it was less intricate choreography, um, like, I just, I think, like, on stage group stuff, like, uh, con for the LM5 era took a step back. Um, I know some of you probably are thinking, like, oh, but you forgot to put, like, the women empowerment on the pro side. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> Um, I don't need to expand more on that. If you want an expanded uh, comment on that, you can go watch the LM5 album ranking. But um, we did not forget, so please don't comment that we forgot. (laughs) Um, Moving on to the confetti era. This is a rough era for a lot of obvious reasons. However, I have The Search. We got number one single. Um, We got the EMAs. And I have a fourth one that I'm going to hold on to until after we've talked about the cons. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i have like the search um they went to brazil oh yeah brazil it's a good one this era i feel like they had a lot of um big opportunities which was nice um so this era had a lot of potential before covid (laughs) yeah um and they were really excited at the beginning of the era which was fun to see because like obviously during lm5 because of all the behind the scenes stuff they kind of like lost it a little bit because they were so stressed about it but this era because they knew that they like felt more free they had a lot more excitement going into it so that was really fun to see Um, yeah I feel like they were really thinking that like we can recapture glory days momentum yeah in confetti I feel like they had like this really like as a group like this renewed like determination and like energy to like just like pick up where glory days left off and kind of like let lm5 kind of you know let it die Mm -hmm. as much as like they love that album and stuff like i think they were really excited to try to like kind of head back out there yeah um and like the last thing i have is that at the beginning of like covid we got a lot of interaction between them like on live streams which we had never gotten like an Instagram live like where they would go on to each other's um so I take that as a con because it was kind of fun to see them like try to figure it out and all that stuff Uh, although I do have to say um I'm I miss the like lives that they used to do in the DNA era or like the videos they used to record like all together like mixer Mondays and like this 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 should have gotten DNA guys sorry but like (laughs) um I didn't think about it until you said that but like those like all those like little videos and behind the scenes stuff that they recorded uh, as part of DNA was really cute. I miss that. Yeah. Oh, also, I didn't. Put oh, this Glory in. Days. How did we not mention there was a documentary? I did. Oh, okay, good. 
<laughs> I did like it was brief, but I, I think I said it. I have it written down. I don't actually know if I said it. <laughs> um, another thing with confetti that I forgot about is that we got, um, I mean, we got something similar to this like back a little bit, but we got long lives of like, for example, like the games night, we got the holiday, the eyes on the sunrise one. Um, I don't count that as a pro. Oh, really? <laughs> I just thought it was different. So I, I added it in. One girl showed up. Okay, that's true. <laughs> it, it was the the intent. The thought was there. The intent was there, and I yeah. and I don't I don't fault Jesse because she very clearly physically could not get there. Like there was nothing she was going to be able to do about that besides develop magical powers and transport herself there <laughs> or swim teleport herself there. Know. Yeah, like there was. I do not fault Jesse for that. There was no fucking way that she could have showed up. Um, <laughs> I have a different opinion about Larry. <laughs> um, just, just primarily being that like that event was planned and the girls would have known that they had to quarantine for two weeks coming back in after a vacation. And they still chose, knowing they wouldn't be able to show up in person, they still chose to go on vacation at that time. Whereas, like, Jade went on vacation afterwards so that yeah. she'd be able to show up. So I, I honestly was, like, a little displeased with that. Uh, it felt like they weren't prioritizing Little Mix and, like, the attempt to kind of get things back on track once COVID restrictions were lifting a little bit. Mm. So I don't count that as a pro. I would count that as a con personally. It was a cool idea if, if it had been if it had worked out. I think it would have been a really cool idea, but I'm really disappointed with the way it worked out. Yeah. All right. Uh, biggest con, biggest obvious con. Um, we lost a member. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jesse left. <laughs> um, we got no OT4 performance of Sweet Melody. That's really disappointing. Uh, we have almost zero performances in comparison to other eras. Uh, we had a dead first and second single because of COVID. First of all, there was COVID. Uh, we have no acoustic performances. I mean, you can count Touch, but uh, Touch is not a confetti song. So <laughs> we got no acapellas. The like live streams were cute, but also like it was very clear the girls didn't want to be on them. Yeah, like it was very clear that like they were being told to do them by their label, and they weren't really like genuine oh, I want to talk to you guys or like, we want to like, like we were already going to be on this zoom and we decided to invite you guys in. Like, um, it was very clear that like someone had told them they had to do it, which made it, and for me at least a little bit less fun because it, it felt like they didn't really want to be there. Those are kind of the general cons I have. I have a lot of like nitpicky cons, but those are the general ones I have. Yeah. I have like the same stuff. Um, really, I mean like COVID really like just ruined this era which i know like isn't their fault obviously but it did definitely like put a little a little damper on that um, i feel like the like complete halt too like kind of killed the momentum and the excitement they had at the beginning because mm -hmm, they were um, really excited yeah they seemed so excited and i kind of felt like come covid they kind of like distance themselves from the group mm-hmm um in the sense of like they've all decided like to start focusing on individual stuff rather than group stuff 
Yeah. Which like, you know, individual stuff is, is great and fine. And that's totally fine. Um, and obviously it's easier to do individual stuff during a pandemic than it is to do group stuff. But I personally think that's like kind of disappointing after like, it seems like they were really going to like refocus on group stuff for mm. the confetti era. And then like the exact opposite happened. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, only other thing I have is that I wasn't a fan of like the singles they chose. I wish they would have chose. I mean, besides Sweet Melody, obviously. But um, oh yeah, breakup song and and holiday disaster single choice. Yeah, I wish um they would have done different ones. Continuing that trend from LM Five. <laughs> I wish they would have done different ones, and wish they would have gotten to like to have done the music videos that they had originally planned. All right, so here's my controversial pro <laughs> that I was holding off on. <laughs> that i may have edited out who knows <laughs> uh i'm counting jesse making solo music as a pro yeah i'm still angry at all of you guys because everywhere i go i see fucking stupid comments from mixers quote-unquote mixers about why she left about her making music um and i'm I'm going to continue to be angry about it as long as I keep seeing those comments from people who are supposed to be fans. I don't care if the general public is saying it. I care if you all are saying it. (laughs) Um, So I'm still pissy about it. And therefore, I'm putting this pro in. Um, I think it's a pro. I'm excited. Um, I like Jessie as an artist and a singer. And I'm excited about what she's going to do. And I really respect her as a person for not giving up on her dreams. And I think that she's a, she looks, at the very least, right, looks, because we don't we can't see behind the scenes. She looks like she's never been happier. Like, yeah. I can't name an era where she seemed happier than she does right now. So I'm excited. I think it's a pro. Yeah. Everyone come for me. do you have any others no that is i guess like our our little best and worst of each era um this was something that you guys had asked us for i think literally like right when we started the podcast and so we finally got around to this one and you know if we forgot anything or you disagree or anything definitely give a comment down below remember to be respectful of us of other people in the comment section thank you for coming to hang out with us thank you for listening um thank you for all your support on all of these episodes um shout out to you guys who listen every week and comment we appreciate you we see you and it makes it fun for us uh, that we get to see the same people come back and, and enjoy these week after week so thank you so much and we'll see you next week